Hello, my name is Natasha Leone and I'm a totally normal person. And I feel blank about being Conan O'Brien's <laughs> friend. <laughs> so do I. Fall is here, hear the yell, back to school, ring the bell, brand new shoes, walk and lose, climb the fence, books and pens, I can tell that we are gonna be friends. Yes, I can tell that we are gonna be friends. Hey there, welcome to Conan O'Brien Needs a Friend, joined by... My uh, cohorts, Sonam Obsession. Hey, Sona. Hi. And uh, Matt Gorley. Hi. Matt, I think full disclosure is important. Matt uh, has a very uh, young daughter, and uh, you got no sleep last night. And I just think it's good for the <laughs> listeners to know what you're going through in real time. How, what time were you awakened? 12.45 okay. uh, a.m. And was it a screaming, crying thing? Was it, it was, a... Mommy, I'm ready to go in the living room. Oh. oh, my God. So fully ready to go. And she had like a double shot latte just before bed. Well, was there a reason why she woke up that? Thought we'd put the heater on, but we put the air conditioner on. Mm. And whatever the story was, Amanda and Glenn went out to the living room and slept there. And then I did not fall back asleep at all. I was just <sighs> up the entire, I have not slept since. And so I, I come to you what I am. Oh boy. Yeah, which is a weird sentence. I come yeah. to you, but I mean, that sentence in and of itself is proof that you shouldn't be operating machinery, let alone co hosting a podcast. Not heavy machinery, not even light machinery yeah. like this. Oh my God. I am what be I. <laughs> yeah, I remember uh, neither of our children were great sleepers. And um, it kicks in later on, and now that they're teenagers. You can throw stones at them while they're sleeping and they won't get up. And I often do because it's funny. <laughs> I remember when my daughter was really young and she was in that phase where, you know, those little lights that you put in a room, you see them. I mean, now they're in households, they're everywhere. But if you enter the room, the, the light just goes on. It's a motion detector. Yeah. I remember realizing, oh, our daughter is a motion detector. So she could be fast asleep. And if you just put your pinky in the room, in a dark room where she was, and held it up in the air, she would be up and go, we play now, you know, and it was time to go, rock and roll, not going back to sleep for six hours. Oh boy. Yeah, it was just incredible. But, yeah. but you're, now your kids pass out? No, one of them, Mikey can sleep through anything. Charlie, and now, the, and they were like climbing out of their cribs, like like stealth ninjas. So I wouldn't know they were up until I like looked when I I just opened my eyes and one is one's face is right next to what me. What if you found out later they were jewel thieves? <laughs> they could be. And there was a rash of they could be. And then you'd, you'd wake up in the morning and there was just incredible rubies necklaces yeah. in their cribs. Yeah. And you kind of kept it quiet. Yeah. I mean, it's also I don't know if stealing is genetic, but if it is, they got the gene Wait, for me. You are wearing a ton of jewelry. You are wearing a lot of jewelry today. <laughs> what is going My on? My children steal them for me. <laughs> I've trained them. I just yeah. see them with little suction cups. Yeah. Yeah. They've got the thing that Tom Cruise has where you're lowered on wire. Yeah. And you go right down to the bottom. They climb over uh, baby gates now. Oh yeah. The God. baby gates can't even hold them anymore. Like nothing baby proofing. Do they brag them. when you come into the house with something? They're like, that will not hold us. <laughs> we cannot be held <laughs> by any man-made barrier. Why do they have that accent? I don't know. <laughs> They've been listening to a... They have, they have babble. They've been... <laughs> <laughs> Free plug for Babel, by the way. They're not paying us any money. I just love that they've been listening to a lot of Babel at night. 
And then you come in, hello, mother. Where's Potter? In the night, we purloin some precious jewelry from the local museum. We do hope you enjoy. Well, I'm sorry you didn't get, look at him. He's resting his chin. You're resting your chin on the microphone that to can't sleep. That be good for the sound. Are you any good at taking a nap? No, I, I, no. No. No, I'm a horrible sleeper as it is, so if it's- You always were? I'm a, I, you know yeah. what that is? What? Your conscience. Oh. It may be. What yeah. do you mean? What yeah, you wait, mean? what do you mean? I think you've committed horrible crimes. Oh. <laughs> Can you sleep? Yeah. <laughs> like a baby. No, that can't be. Oh, well, he's a sociopath, conscience though. keeps sociopath. you up. No, Yo. sociopath. Okay, yeah, that makes sense. I, yeah. That checks out. Oh, yeah. yeah. I uh, There's a famous story from in our family lore when we were kids and- uh, a bat got loose in the house. What? In the, what? Yeah, a bat came into the house because you know we live in in suburban cave. Boston in a cave. I <laughs> a my frame. father my father fought crime <laughs> to avenge the death of his parents. Um, Just knowing your dad. Yeah, my dad pretended to be, pretended to be in academic medicine, and he'd go like, "Yes, yes, I'm. A, I think I'm going to go to the lab and work on this uh, this new strain of." Uh, this new, this, new, this new strain of this bacteria is rather concerning. It's shown up in Austria. I'm going to go to the lab and just check it out. And then he'd I love all that Batman has six kids. Yeah. Batman has six kids. <laughs> anyway. Does his goodbye. persona change then, when he goes Oh, yeah, he goes down the bat pole. And then he's Batman. I'm Batman. <laughs> and he's suddenly, like, kicking ass. And then he comes back home again. Yes, I think I... I think I'll have a little, a little soup, a little V8 juice. <laughs> Does he have a lab coat on over his bad suit? Yeah, he sometimes forgets. Sometimes he's fighting crime in the lab coat because he forgot. And people are like, what, what the fuck? He's like, oh, God damn it! Quick temper, uh, Irish temper. God, God damn it! Jesus Christ. Um, but yeah, my father fought crime. Anyway, a bat got into the house in the summer and they, everyone in the house woke up and was chasing it. And I used to share a room with my, at the time, I think I was just sharing it with my brother, Luke. I used to share it with Luke and Neil, but I was just sharing it with Luke then. And they, everyone in the family came, was chasing the bat and they all chased it into the room where I was asleep. Luke was awake chasing it. My father used to always try and capture them because he wanted to get them to the lab to study if they had rabies or not. Oh. So, uh, and to avenge the murder of his parents in, <laughs> right, right. in Gotham City. Uh, and anyway, um, but they were, ju- everyone's jumping from bed to bed and I'm on the bed fast asleep. Never, I mean, people were jumping on the bed, screaming bat, bat. I'm out the whole time. Oh, and then in the morning, I wake up like, Ugh! and everybody said, I can't, wasn't that crazy last night? And I said, what? What was crazy? I'm so jealous. I haven't slept through the night since I was probably 18. I don't but what do you do when you wake up? I don't do anything. I don't look on my phone. I try to keep it real. <laughs> I'm so dumb. You try to keep I'm it so, real, huh? Keep it real, I'm so huh? sorry. You try I'm to so keep so it real. Well, yeah, he's from the streets. He's yeah, trying yeah, to keep yeah. it real. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, oh Matt, Matty Gorls. Matty Gorls, keeping it real. Oh my God. I love it. I love that checking your phone means you're not keeping it real. (laughs) That means no one on earth is keeping it real. I'm so I'm, I'm so tired. I'm, I'm sorry. I I'm sorry. Help. I feel I feel I feel for him. I know. Wait, now it's gone. Uh it was just momentary. It was a weird uh, wrap it up so I can go. Yeah. Okay, we're going to let you go home so you cannot sleep there. Yeah. Have you ever tried is there anything that might help you go I, to sleep? I've tried Everything I can think of, everything there is. You to should try. try listening to this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I should mention I do fall asleep when I'm editing. 
<laughs> every time. And it's the best sleep you've yeah. ever had. Oh, oh, man. All right, you knuckleheads. I never get to say that much. Okay, you knuckleheads. <laughs> pipe. <laughs> and sometimes I do it when you're not even, you're not even saying much. No, we're not. Quiet, you knuckleheads. <laughs> pipe down. Uh, my guest today <laughs> co-created and starred in the hit Netflix series, Russian Doll. You can also see her in the Peacock series, Poker Face. I love that show. And recently she directed the critically acclaimed comedy special, Jacqueline Novak, Get On Your Knees, which is available to stream on Netflix. Very excited she's here today. <music> Natasha Leone, welcome. Tasha, I was really excited about you being here because you've been on the show a bunch of times and every time I talk to you, I'm deliriously happy because you are, you are a singularity. You are unlike anybody else that I speak to. You are such an original uh, speaker of speaking and speeches <laughs> and speechifying. But you are not. No, no. I've, I was, I I was Obama's of... speechwriter. <laughs> That's why most of his speeches about the Affordable Care Act started out like, now listen to me. Yeah. <laughs> now listen up, country. Yeah. Emphasis on the cunt I said it. <laughs> I thought you wrote his best speeches. And thank you. Uh, you know, a lot of people, I don't get a lot of credit for that, and so I really appreciate you bringing it up. A lot of people just think of me as like, uh, I don't know, whatever. Captain uh, Bruno Kirby or some shit. And I'm like, honey. <laughs> Uh, like, I'm fucking, I wrote Obama's most iconic speech. You did. <laughs> you are such a great uh, speechwriter for Obama, but also um, you uh, you fell through a black hole. You come from another time. You are, what would you call yourself, a ragamuffin? <laughs> or, uh, yeah, well, I do appreciate that instead of saying singular, you actually called me uh, the singularity. Yes, so you are I'm the singularity. our first test subject, and... Uh, you know, what's wild is people thought that Ray Kurzweil was a kook. You know what I mean? Sure. They thought he was some sort of a wackadoodle. Um, I think it's because he did talk about the singularity. and But then uh, the back half of the documentary really ends with uh, discovering that the reason he wants this sort of um, life extension singularity is so he can resurrect his uh, dead father and bring him back from the dead, which kind of undid, I think, uh, his theories because it seems like you know, he was just some sort of a character out of Young Frankenstein. But um, yes, that's actually uh, how I think of uh, myself is is uh, the final merging of technology and uh, humanity. <laughs> so, <laughs> that was some run. Yeah, it was good. That yeah. was an incredible yeah. speech you just gave, better than anything you wrote for Obama. Yeah, thanks. <laughs> that was... Well, because I, I like to take people on a loop-de-loop, where is this going? And yeah. then I slide into no plate. You know what I mean? <laughs> into just no plate. Thanks. That wasn't just, yeah, that wasn't just a roller coaster. That was a Coney Island roller coaster made of wood. It yes. has a little bit of yeah, give to it. Have, little, have you been on that roller coaster? Oh, fuck yeah. I've swam in that water. I don't give a shit what's in it. You know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> I was on that roller coaster once and it gives. Oh, You yeah. feel it give on the corners. Ugh. It's made of like old pine. <laughs> And that's a roller coaster is not something I want to be vintage. No. Yeah. I also don't want my eye operation to be vintage. Yeah. Did you There's, get LASIK? No, I didn't. But I'm just oh. saying if I were to have my eye operated on, I wouldn't want to go all retro and cool. You know, like yeah. give me the uh give me the instruments from 1885 just because yeah. I want to be all steampunk. Yeah. That's I not don't me. Want that. I don't want that. Well, I won't do it then. This and look, look, honestly, it's fine. You can just do it. I, I, I'm being too uptight, <laughs> and I can tell. And you look, you look bummed out. I want you. No, that's happy. just my face. It is. Yeah, I'm kind of just. That's my new, my neutral oh. face. 
is slightly depressed. I am. And maybe I am thinking a lot about how briefly uh, I am on this planet and how yeah. soon I'll be moldering in my tomb. Oh. Those yeah. things come to mind oh. a lot. Yeah, not if wow. Ray Kurzweil has his way with uh. you. <laughs> this motherfucker's going to bring you right Wait, back. Wait, what is the name of this documentary? Uh, Transcendental Man, maybe, but I'm just uh, pulling from the ether. Okay, He'll, we Can got Eduardo's leave? on it right now. Yeah. Or, or that, or he's buying something on Amazon. Yeah, it's one or the other. He's buying another messy jersey. Um, <laughs> Transcendent Man. Transcendent, Transcendent Man. Man. Well, uh, close enough, but listen, so you're basically just... Uh, you know, a baby genius, and uh, that's not your problem, right? No. So are you depressed? Are you existential? Are you just, like, thinking thoughts? It's, I'm just thinking thoughts. Sounds to me like you might be thinking thoughts. I'm just thinking thoughts. <laughs> yeah. And thoughts drive emotions. Ask any... Wow. Yeah, they and, do. And feelings aren't facts. Exactly. And now we've done our service Now we're today. okay. Now Goodbye, everybody. Guys, <laughs> you're welcome. This has been the we shortest... This is the shortest podcast we've ever done. Yeah. Uh, I ran into you recently at an event... For someone we both know who passed away. Yes, we, sir. We were chatting and I was telling you, every time I see you in something, I'm happy because I am a big fan of yours and your work and your persona and Poker Face, uh, I just absolutely love. I love that show. It was bringing back a type of show that I grew up watching as a kid, this kind of serialized person on the move, you know, uh, who's getting involved in things against her will and, and solving them and you're... I don't know. I just, I love that show. Absolutely love that show. And I was really happy that you made it. I know that you've been deeply involved in it. You're not just acting in it, but you're, you're wearing a lot of hats on that show. What's uh, the humble thing to say? Well, much like Charlie Chaplin. Uh, I, uh, <laughs> like Einstein. I, you yeah, tried something and, and it worked out. You know what I mean? Like, so Ryan Johnson and I are like these, you know, when you see that one photograph of, uh, Einstein and Charlie Chaplin just looking loose by the beach on the rock. No one's ever seen that photo. I have. You can Google that too. Yeah, yeah. I've seen that photo. You know that photo. Yeah. That's a great photo. So, you know, like we're in there. Yeah, yeah. If they took a photo of you and me hanging out at the beach, yeah. it would be uh, like Chaplin and Einstein. It would, it would, but different. You know what I mean? Cause Not different at all. Baby, exactly. we're redheads. You know? <laughs> <laughs> so, we got it like that. We're either your thing or definitely not. <laughs> Oh, there it is. So they are hanging out on a exactly. Look at We're googling that. everything you say. Yeah. So and so far so good, right? Uh, the nut jobs still got it. Uh, so <laughs> also, so I think Ryan. Thanks. I I think Ryan is Einstein. Yeah, yeah, because he can do a Saturday crossword. Although I did have to help him uh, on Friday. I had to help him with the Friday puzzle while we sat and watched the uh, AFI awards. Um, and he was very proud because his name was in the puzzle. Director of Knives Out, last name Johnson, blank I, Johnson. I did, that, I did that one. Yeah. I, so he got that clue and many others. <laughs> he, so he got himself. Yeah. And I was like, I'm proud of you, but like, yeah, Einstein, usually you get to Saturday in like eight minutes. What's going on? Uh, Craig Mazin was right across from us, so I made sure to shame Ryan to Craig because that's very slow time for him. And then, yeah, and then I, so that's why I think he's Einstein uh, because he can generally, uh, under normal conditions, do a Saturday in like eight minutes. I can't. I, I can't. And I, I can't. Well, I can only all, do it up to a Thursday and then again a Sunday. Friday and Saturday, I don't even try. You are a. So that's how I know I'm a Charlie Chaplin. <laughs> I am a regular. I, I do every yeah. single times crossword puzzle. Yes. Monday, I find insulting. Like, I'm yeah. just like, what is this? You know, yeah. not a dog, but a 
C A T, you know, cat. Yeah. And 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 so I'm Monday. I'm I just think I'm the smartest man in the world. Yeah. Tuesday, sometimes there's a struggle yeah. <laughs> for a moment or two, and I become in panicked that I'm an yeah. idiot. And then, but then you get into it, and I have to say, once you get into Friday, Saturday, yeah. I don't know how anyone could do Saturday in eight minutes. I don't think that's possible. Uh, I think Mazin can, uh, and I bet you, uh, Lord and Miller can. I'm just thinking about people, you know, that I've uh, puzzled with, uh, and I'm not name dropping. I'm puzzle dropping right now. So. <laughs> it's the nerdiest um, thing you can do is puzzle drop. Yeah, I'm fucking puzzle dropping like yeah. a motherfucker. Oh yeah, so I'm. Oh. A, I'm out on a yacht with uh, yeah. with Will Shorts. Yeah, and uh, the, you know <laughs> the New York Times uh, crossword know, puzzle it, editor. It's funny you bring up Will because uh, he was so nice to me uh, when I co-constructed a puzzle oh. for the Times um, with Deb Amblin, and it's uh, it's not a big deal, Conan. It's just like yeah, I built the fucking puzzle, and Will Shorts wrote you know wrote me a nice note about it. And hey, let me ask you how that works. Kind because... of a big fan of mine, so, okay. you Listen, know what I mean? Like, that's fine. I appreciate that you went to Harvard and I dropped out of NYU like six times out of Tisch. Wait, why'd you drop out six times? Once you drop out, aren't you out? Nah, it's just I kept trying to negotiate like a, a scholarship uh -huh. uh, with I the see. dean of admissions. Uh -huh. And because I was like, I'm 15, you know what I mean? Like, what the fuck you want from me? Uh... I don't have, that's my money. You don't get my money. And Wait, so you're going to college at 15 <laughs> yeah. and you're negotiating yeah. your own scholarship or trying to, or trying to. And I think. Yeah, Bugsy Malone. Yeah. yeah. Did you have a little cigarette or a little cigar? Yeah, of course. I always have a little cigarette. <laughs> Thanks so much for bringing it up because now I feel like it's an open table for my real life's desires. I still do carry a lighter on a lighter leash, but. I, I quit smoking, mm -hmm. um, but yeah, I was trying to smoke in the dean's office. Uh, so yeah, but, you but were... you're Harvard and you ran the uh, lampoon and shit, right? Yeah, sure, but who cares? <laughs> no one cares. Well, I mean, it's a long time ago now, That's, so. Well, um, not that long ago, I'm only 42. Yeah, and uh, <laughs> you've delivered on it, and I recently am 27, which is scary, because of the 27 club. <laughs> <laughs> you could go at any time. Any time. I feel like you were running your life almost fr from a very early age, right? And this is, this kind of made you. Would you say that that's? What made me? The fact that you had to be so self-reliant so early, don't uh, you think that that had something to do with? Yeah, I often uh, worry about my, uh, you know, I have uh, such good friends that they're all such terrific parents. And uh, and I worry about the kids, you know what I mean? Because I, you know, having alcoholic, fucked up, suicidal, mental patient parents right. is really, really helpful for uh, character development. Um <laughs> And uh, yeah, you your eyes are wide open to the the full uh, scope of the human condition at an early age. So you have a a high emotional IQ. I used to think it meant I should like join the CIA or something, but later in therapy, discovered it was actually just in hypervigilance of constantly being, you know, terrified and assessing situations. So it's not really that I was uh, reading the room so well and could uh, retain clues or random pieces of information it's just clocking things because right. you kind of have to to survive yeah and yes by like i think like by six probably uh yes at our friend uh and we saw each other at Wee's memorial at mm -hmm. paul rubin's memorial yeah i think i did Wee's playhouse you did six Pee -wee's to playhouse eight when you were a, so you were a child old. actor and six you did Wee's playhouse yeah yeah i guess and i love love paul mm-hmm 
Uh, but he was like, I remember he was one of the first guys. Uh, you know, he took me to a, a steak dinner. I talked about this at the memorial. When I got out of a rehab, he was one of the first people that was like, oh, hey, let me take you out to dinner. It meant so much to me. Yeah. Um, we had steaks in the valley someplace. I was like, wow, I'm really back. <laughs> and uh, I guess he had been through so much. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, Susan Terrell from Fat City, they used to say that about her, that she would also sort of like collect underdogs, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. and hold them tight. There's some people in this town that are really like that. And it's a very special thing. Um because most people are just like, well, hot or not, want to be associated proxy or I don't. Paul said to me, uh, oh, I was never surprised when I saw all those like, pictures of you in the gutter or whatever. You got to remember, I, I, I met your mother. <laughs> wow. I, and it was pretty wild because. Was she a stage mom then very much? Uh, less of a stage mom, more of like a stage nut job. And uh, I think uh, I honestly I don't I don't have a mind that can recall with sufficient force uh, <laughs> what it was like um, exactly. But they're not bad people, my parents, you know? It's like mm-hmm. they're just uh, very untreated. Uh, like, in other words, so many things in our modern times, whatever this year is, uh, um, um, I'll say 2024, I, uh, discussions happen about sort of uh, yeah, mental health and kind of whatever, you know, uh, epigenetic footprint, what have you, like, People understand that that's a working part of a dynamic uh, of, of being a person, a, a high-functioning person or um, recovery or whatever it takes. So I sort of, well, only because they're dead. Um, now I kind of love them. You know what I mean? I think Well, you have if, distance, too. I mean, that's the yeah. ultimate distance, actually. Oh, uh, yeah. It was such a relief when they died. Uh, I. Uh, it's funny that uh, people don't really tether the two, but it's like, as soon as they died, I was like, okay, now I'll do show business. So it's really only in like the last decade. Uh, up to then, I was mostly trying to avoid it because I, I didn't want these kind of like Lindsay Lohan figured parents in my life on page six, you know? So I was like, I'll just stay here in the shadows until they die and kind of work a little bit here and there. Do you really think you did that because you've worked a lot? You're starting with Orange is the New Black. And- yeah. You're doing uh, Russian, Russian Doll, Doll, and then yeah. now Poker Face. Poker Face, and it's just like there yeah. you've had this unprecedented uh, run of creativity. Mm-hmm. Do you really think that that was made possible because your parents yes, died? Yes, I, 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 I think it's empirical. Um, you know, it's like uh, PTSD. Uh, my, uh, my only uh, diagnosis in a shocking twist, because you'd think I was insane in so many other confirmed ways, which I believe I am. I just can't get a diagnosis. Uh, so I think they're wrong. But, uh, you know, yeah. and uh, you don't really take medication. I guess you do. I, whatever. Anyway, yeah, like for me, I would ex- I experience them as as boogeymen, you know what I mean? Yeah. And, and like yeah. in my waking life and in my night terror life, like because they were fucking insane, you know, Um and so I had to get like a restraining order from my dad or whatever. Um, I remember being really brokenhearted. Uh, How old were you when you got a restraining order from your dad? I th- well, I was older already because like when I was younger, it was harder. I had tried. Like he would show up at things like uh, I remember Bijou Phillips in the 90s told me like, yeah, your dad came to set today. And it was like, a remember that weird James James Brooks move? No, what's his name? Uh yeah, Jim Tobeck. I, anyway, it, with Mike Tyson in it, is it something black and white? Do you remember this fucking movie? I from, vaguely do remember yeah, this. From yeah, from the nineties. I've yeah. never seen it. 
Could you uh, Google that? He's Thanks Googling so some, much. He's also making you an airline reservation. Oh, thank you so, so much. <laughs> it's you an really, ILC. really important. And maybe it was called Black and White or something. You said James took... Well, you, well, you, you, you struggle with that a while, and I, I'll stay here. <laughs> You're just giving him tasks to uh, keep him busy. Yeah, I just like to stay. I just like yeah. to stay busy. Where is uranium yeah, on, the, and, uh, <laughs> on the elemental chart? Yeah, and, uh, well, anyway, she told me, uh, oh, your dad showed up to set today looking for you. He just assumed since it was a shooting in New York City and Mike Tyson is in the movie that you were in it, too. It's called Black and White. Oh, it is. Uh, thanks. And... Uh, <laughs> And then, but there was nothing I could do about that kind of thing then. Years later, I guess I was uh, probably 30 or something, uh, which is weird because I'm 27 now. So I'm gonna... <laughs> uh, don't you, you had, there was a singularity and then there was yeah, a, yeah. Don't a, 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 don't a hole in space. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. And so... <laughs> don't ask, don't tell. <laughs> <laughs> if you see something, say something. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, definitely. Yeah, hey, and, uh, and give a hoot, don't pollute. <laughs> <laughs> Well, anyway, but it's important. These are the truths. Yeah. A lot of truths are coming yeah, out here. and like, uh, don't Google it, okay? Uh, uh, whatever you do. Um, I like the idea of this year just starting to vigorously uh, lie about my age, and it's uh -huh. definitely on Google. Uh, yeah, yeah, So anyway, then later I was doing this play. It was like a, a Mike Lee play. And I remember I, I, I was so excited. And then I remember seeing my dad from across the room. Mm -hmm. Like somehow he had found, and he had done that also with uh, Slums of Beverly Hills. Like I remember. Because you were, you were a kid when yeah, you did that. Yeah, I guess I was like 17, 18. Yeah. But I remember he like showed up to the premiere, but I hadn't seen him in like a, a decade or something. And... Uh, he was and like, he just showed up. Yeah, and he was like, like hey, Bambo. And, you know, my dad was a boxing promoter um, mm -hmm. from Brooklyn, uh, which is why I never understand why people want to move there. Um, like, no, the, the goal is to get out of Brooklyn. Mm -hmm. uh, but, you know, they think it's hip. Um, it changed a lot. Well, uh, did it. You know what I mean? I'd argue it's still not in Manhattan. Uh, so on. <laughs> as a baseline, you know, <laughs> Geographically uh -huh. speaking, has yeah. it changed? Oh, oh, I see. They got some coffee shops. Congratulations. <laughs> oh, but you still... Yeah, right. I, so, like, I mean, I can't... I mean, the one joy in New York is you can fucking come and go as you please. Mm -hmm. There's, like, there's no claustrophobia or commitment. Uh, Brooklyn is a, is a fucking commitment. Like, you need a, an Uber, a subway, a metro card, a taxi, or, mm -hmm. or a very long walk. So, anyway... Then I remember him being, uh, seeing him uh, across from the Mike Lee, and it just broke, I, I broke my heart. Slums of Beverly Hills. Um, I remember Rosie, per uh, Rosie Perez and uh, Marissa Tomei kind of like consoling me in the bathroom. It was like three of the thickest accents you'd ever heard. <laughs> and they're just like, yo, Natasha, you're like, you don't fucking need this shit. Don't let him fucking bring you down. <laughs> like, you, you don't got to go through this. Like, you know, like, just fucking do whatever you got to do. But this is your night. It's fucking your night, you know? And don't let that motherfucker haunt you. And um, so he was fucked up like that. And my mother was just uh, nuts, nuts. But they weren't really, like, bad people. And anyway, now that they're dead, I feel uh, safe to kind of really be out there. And um, I don't care anymore. You know, it's funny because you had all this success early on. And then you decided, I was reading some interview with you where you said, like, I don't want to be on Dawson's Creek. I don't yeah. want to do, <laughs> be on the WB. That's not what I want. Yeah. Um, which I think, you know, 99% of people in that situation would have said, how do I get on 
that kind of yeah. reality, and that's not what you wanted. No, and uh, yeah, I did not want those things. Like, and and I remember my mother being like, "Why would you turn down Buffy? It's such a big show." And like, when are you going to get a boob job so you can work? And I was like, uh, yeah, I'm just not putting that shit in my tits, ma. Like, she was like, it would even you out because you got that ass. I was like, well, thanks. And, uh, <laughs> yeah. and, uh, oh, my God. But like, I think that. This is the talk I never had with my parents. Yeah. <laughs> they, this is the birds and the beast talk. No, that's what they told me. Uh, no, I was like, yeah, I guess they put me in the business because they wanted to be famous. It was like a proxy uh, proposition, uh, although no one ever really laid it on the table for me. And uh, around then, I, c I can remember sort of like almost like going to auditions by myself in Times Square, like, mm -hmm. you know, but taxi driver Times Square, not fucking this <laughs> uh, Disney not shit with the fucking bike lanes and whatever the fuck. I mean, why would you put islands in the middle of the street? It's like, oh, we wanted to make a cramped space more cramped. Like, all right, you fucking rocket scientist. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Like, definitely New York is run by the mob in a beautiful way, okay? <laughs> yes. Whenever you see construction in New York, there's mafia. You know, yes. it's not real construction. You know that, right? Yes. Oh, um, I, I, well, you think I was born yesterday? I definitely don't. Uh, I am 42 <laughs> years ago today. <laughs> I, I didn't like um, that path, that sort of, you know, buffy, boob job, fucking famous yeah. guy. Now, we, I think it's sick when people are into it. I don't even know this about you, but I just get the sense that you're, you read a lot. You're, you're crazy intelligent and you read a lot because I feel like you... You make a, would you, would you read widely? Do you read all just a, a different kinds of stuff? Do you like history? What is it? Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, I don't think I'm that smart with like um, shapes. Uh, but sometimes I know because like I feel like I don't have a high IQ. But then I do see other people try to like pack up the car. And then I'm like, oh, maybe I do have a high IQ because because I see them trying to fit sort of like a chair into the trunk, like uh -huh. clearly the wrong way. And I'm like, wow, I thought I had a low IQ, but I'm watching this guy fucking put this chair. He just can't figure out that's not going to close. But if you just tilt it, all right. And I let him go a while. And and then, you know, I help out sort of gently because uh, that's what girls have to do. Uh, <laughs> and so you got watching a slow motion train. Uh, and I said, oh, okay, you thought it that, all right. And uh, sure, uh, let me give it a whirl. I think it's when you were in rehab, you said you walked around with a giant biography of Rasputin. Oh, yeah. And I was thinking, yeah. oh, this is my kind of person oh, because thanks. I like to read about the darkest, weirdest people. Rasputin has always fascinated yeah. me. And uh, I just thought th that's, that's how my mind works. I don't want to burst your bubble, but um, Rasputin and biography was something that I was carrying around while I was on drugs. Uh, in rehab, it was more like oh. uh, I got very into um uh, I was reading Thomas Pynchon against the day. I was so excited when it came out because it was like a thousand pages and, you know, there's nothing to do with rehab except, uh, you know, uh, sit on a sofa and they feed you a lot. And uh, uh, yes, I really associate Rasputin with like a back pocket kind of, you know, New York 90s, uh, like the, the scumbag era. But I remember finding it in my storage space and I still have the same copy of it. And um I, I love it. It's very ragged. I really put that 
that Rasputin through hell. And it's like, <laughs> that kind of was his he's hard to ki- He's hard to kill, too. Yeah, yeah. that motherfucker. Yeah, famously, yeah. famously hard to kill, yeah. that guy. <laughs> that guy, and I was like, the shit I fucking took him through, though? My God, you know? But yeah, I was uh, uh, reading uh, a lot and often and widely and uh, also movies, you know, because um, the film school was so expensive. Right. They wanted like 60 grand a semester or some shit. And I was like, honey, that's, you're nuts. And so uh, what I did, I bought this, uh, this studio apartment uh, that was Gramercy adjacent. I spent my, um, I had $100,000 from all of these jobs. It was, uh, I think, uh, Krippendorf's Tribe is what, what gave me that money, which is a, a blackface movie, if you haven't seen it. It's a Disney uh, blackface picture. Um, and starring What's it called? Richard Dreyfus. Krippendorf's Tribe? Oh, I remember yes. that. Yeah. Uh, yes. Uh, so the premise is that uh, R- Richard Dreyfus is a, an anthropologist whose uh, wife dies, and now he's a sad widower with these two, three kids. And so he decides to create <laughs> uh, a fake tribe in his backyard. Oh yes, it's <laughs> it's worse than you think. Oh and uh, and so then, essentially, it's all of us: Richard Dreyfus, myself, and uh, I guess the other two. Uh, sons, I'm I'm the eldest, um, all in full blackface. Uh, as, <laughs> How have as, I never heard of this? People. Yeah, it's, oh wow, it's pretty nuts. Uh, so you chose well, a good you chose a good time to get out. I think. <laughs> Let's yeah. go to a clip. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> 1998. 1998. Oh, and so wow. I took that money and I um I was like ah oh, shit I'll just buy an apartment because the, the other money all my childhood acting money had been spent already. Um, Not by you. No. And I I thought I was going to get a Lambo. That's why I was doing it. Um, I was pro- I was promised that I was going to get a Lambo, but it never materialized. Um, but I did get a bad credit score early because my <laughs> Social Security number was being used frequently. Um, so, yeah, you know, going to the film forum for the quadruple feature was so much cheaper than Tish. But it was in... Uh, in rehab, I really started connecting directly to science because in high school, it was not my thing. I remember reading this uh, Bill Bryson book. Uh, mm-hmm. Walk in the Woods, which one? No, uh, it's, a, I don't know, a short history of yo, nearly everything. Yes, yeah, yeah. And I was like, oh, okay, I think I can use that concept as like this higher power concept because it was so impossible to sort of reconcile. Um, I, whatever, I, you know, what is this idea of... Uh, uh, you know, like an anthropomorphic god or whatever. Um, and I really understood the scope of how little I understood about the world. Do you know what I mean? Like, yeah. I, 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 I loathe inanimate objects and uh, logistics. Um, they seem to be two real troublemakers, you know? Uh, you loathe inanimate <laughs> objects. Yeah. Now, wait a minute. Uh, I know what you mean. If you If you mean what I think you mean, I find that... The minute I care about something that I can hold in my hand, I will misplace it fairly soon. And I will spend about six hours worrying about where it is. Even if it costs like $42, I will devote time to being very upset that that thing I liked having, I can't find now. And then I'll find it like six days later in an obvious spot and be way overjoyed about that (laughs) and realize that I just ate up more of this precious time on earth 
worrying about the $60 Bakelite pen that I bought here in Larchmont Fair. that uh, has a cool sort of orange tone to the cap that I liked doodling with. And then it was gone for six days and I was bereft. But now I found it again. Oh, why would I put it inside a sock? Why did I do that? What made me think of that? But here it is. Yay, I've got that pen back. And it's crazy. Yeah. And then, what? Closer to the grave. Yeah. Good job, Conan. Yeah. Good little soap opera. Yeah. But it's, I mean, I understand what you're saying. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, it's exactly what I'm saying. Like, what the fuck are these things? It's like, oh, it's this bottle cap. Oh, okay, now you're a magical mystery tour. Cool. Glad this is fucking happening. I mean, it's nuts. Okay, I had this moment of awakening. Yeah. When I, years ago in New York, when I worked in 30 Rock, Across the street was Christie's auction house. And one day they said, oh, all of the Roosevelt family memorabilia is being put up for auction. And I thought, well, I got to go check that out. <laughs> so I went over and it's Franklin Roosevelt and Eleanor. And then they had a bunch of kids. And so basically I went and looked and it was room after room after room <laughs> of all the stuff they had given each other for Christmases going back to like oh 1922 up into, you know, past when Franklin's gone and well into the mm. 1950s. And it was just case after case after case of stuff that looked like, you know, that's a tie clip. That's a little watch fob. Oh, look, there's a little case you can put some pills in. Oh, look, there's a little, I, yeah, there's a bookmarker that's made of pewter. And it was thousands and thousands of them. It was like the end of Citizen Kane where I'm looking at all of it and all I'm imagining is, them unwrapping it on Christmas Day, 1931. <laughs> well, isn't that grand? <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. Look at that. It's going to hold my tie quite nicely. Thank you. Yay. Christmas, 1935. Well, isn't that grand? That's going to keep my place in the book. And now everyone's dead. And it's a room full of shit. Oh, yeah. And everyone's buying it. And then they're going to give it to somebody. Yeah. It's going to be like, Hey, thanks. Yeah. That's fucking fantastic. Yeah. That'll hold my tie in place. Yeah. And then they're going to die. Yes. And it's just, then we're just, uh, I don't know. That's what, I don't know why that one Christie's auction just opened my eyes yes. to what a sham the whole thing yes. is. Yo, I love Goth Conan. <laughs> well, you're all going to die, everybody. You're all Yo. going to die. Yeah, Goth Conan's a shit, okay? Because, you know, the facts are that that's all correct. Uh, they don't understand about the fucking tie clips. That's all I'm saying. Speaking of surreal, there's one thing I have to ask you about, which is I believe you might be the last person on earth to work with Marlon Brando. And I just have oh, yeah. to ask you about it. Oh, it was it was wild. I'll, I'll go ahead and say it. It was buck wild. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I'm glad you had the courage to go ahead Thanks. with your thought. Yeah. But it was on like Scary Movie 2, and I remember at the time they hired him they gave him a crazy amount of money to do a cameo and in this movie. And then they, I think they ended up not using him because he was too ill. Is that right? Yes, sir. Uh, so it was uh, Keenan Ivory Wayans, uh, was the director, who uh, I love. Yeah, so when it came in, I was definitely like, yo, hard pass, because I don't fuck with things called Scary Movie 2. Um, <laughs> right. And, like, that's not what I'm in this for. Mm-hmm. You know, and I, I love Billy. I love Billy Friedkin. Uh, I mm -hmm. love The Exorcist. Uh, Which they parody in that one, yeah. And uh, I actually met him and spent time with him uh, towards the end of his life because he wanted me to be uh, 
Mae West in a, uh, a biopic that of I Of course, think, yeah. Um, but I think originally it was Bette Midler. Mm-hmm. That's how you name drop. So uh, <laughs> just like you have to take a pause and hit him with the last name. Mm-hmm. And uh, I just call her B, but whatever. You do? Yeah. <laughs> you don't call her the, the, the divine Miss M? No, just B. Yeah, well. Uh, oh, wait, no, that's Barack Obama. No, oh, shit. <laughs> shit. How many Bs do you have in your phone? <laughs> do you play the spelling bee and also connections? Also Bryce Dallas Howard. What's yeah. that? Oh, and uh, you call her a lot just in that redhead club. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm not on the thread. I'm not in you the You were on chat. the thread, but you won't answer. Yeah. Um. So anyway, uh, yeah, it was um, like, yeah, you don't want to fuck with fucking Linda Blair and fucking Billy Friedkin. That's nuts. Uh, and then they were like, and Marlon Brando is doing it. And... Uh, uh, your your dear heart, uh, uh, Andy Richter. Yeah, um, Andy was in it as well. Yeah, but really, Marlon was my way in uh, at the time. I was like, I mean, you know, uh, that's working with Brando. So gotta do it. You gotta be like, you know, your mother sucks cocks in hell. Uh, you gotta <laughs> like, you just uh, are you gonna do it better than she did? You're not. Uh, you're gonna ruin it. But it's Brando, and then he shows up, and he. Uh, yeah, it was he was very very old uh, and yeah. uh, and ill, I think. Yeah. Yes, and an oxygen tank and uh, earpieces and I told this story on your show live. Um, but uh, no, I guess it's to tape. But uh, you know, uh, I'm, <laughs> really, not, I'm really. not involved in the editing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You, not, that really didn't need to be qualified. But yeah. anyway, go ahead. And uh, <laughs> if you're not familiar with Conan's work, so yeah. he, uh, you know. There was this talk show, and uh, I love how you get yeah. to the part where so Brando shows up. <laughs> now, of course, Conan used to tape his show. <laughs> now he'd tape it at five thirty, but it wouldn't air till twelve thirty. So there was a lag in which time they could make short edit. You're getting to the best part of the story, <laughs> and, and now you're a... making it longer. I know, get to no. Brando. Sorry, we're all gonna die. <laughs> uh, you want the full story? <laughs> um, so. As he was like, you know, because of the breathing and uh, yeah, the bed was sort of one of the gags was it was like a low rider that would mm-hmm. uh, move all crazy, like, a, you know, pimp my ride style, mm-hmm. uh, which I think he'd never seen. Uh, I don't even know if it had, was out yet. Um, yeah, yeah. Um, but, uh, you know, space time moves in all kinds of directions. Yes, it does. Uh, so anyway, he would keep his hand right on my tit. I think as I was in the prosthetics. Um, did not understand that like I was a real person at all. You're giving him a lot of credit. And, uh, <laughs> and you know, it's a, despite what my mother said, it's a fucking nice rack. You know what I mean? So he knew what he was doing. And, yeah. and I was like, wow, this is like a fucking pretty serious day at the office. You know what I mean? Cause, <laughs> so you're standing yeah. there and you're in all these prosthetics. Marlon Brando, who doesn't have long to live, has his yeah. hand on your yeah, like, breast. For like for like hours, you know what I mean? At a time. And I'm like, <laughs> Mike, that's fucking Brando. I mean, is it fucking, you know, uh, big boy Brando? Yeah, 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 you know. Um, can he breathe? Not really, but, you know, <laughs> is he all there? I mean, nope. Uh, is it the sort of acting face-off I dreamed of? Well, it's no on the waterfront. But, uh, if you look at on the waterfront, he's got his hand. Yeah. On Carl Malden's on breast. On Carl Malden's breast. <laughs> it's in you, they, cut, they tried to cut around it. Yeah, they do. Uh, and, uh, yeah, I was like, well... Yeah, I guess I am a fucking contender after all, <laughs> and so on. Uh, so I was thrilled and delighted. I thought it was fucking pretty special. Um, 
And uh, yeah, then when he dropped out of the film the next day um, <laughs> due to his health, and like I think he died like three weeks yeah, later. Yeah, he died very the, shortly afterwards. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so I maybe am the. It's. it's not, I don't want to make it about me, but um, you know, it's. I may be the last person that he felt up. I don't want to assume <laughs> that he was kind of. It's like it's not a big deal. It's just sort of like. Yeah, pretty much. Brando and I banged it out hardcore. You know what I mean? Like, and three weeks later, he died. And yeah, that was the last time that he could fucking manage it. And uh, then, and then the next day, they brought in James Woods. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, this is how every story ends. <laughs> <laughs> and then they brought in James Woods. So uh, Godfather Four. Yeah. yeah. And then, and uh, he, he was less of a charmer. Uh, <laughs> In the makeup, less of a charmer than the man on oxygen, (laughs) (laughs) whose hand is on your breast for six days. Because he was like, you know, I can tell even with the makeup, you're a spinner, right? Uh, What? No, 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 no. Yeah, yeah, and that was, uh, I thought, I mean, less sexy. than, uh, you know, Brando, who was just fucking oxygen, you know what I mean? Pumping and oxygen. It was crazy. Uh, no, that didn't happen. And, um, but, yeah, the James Woods one was like, oh, that's weird. But I fucking think James Woods is a great actor, uh, despite the fact that he's a, a Republican, uh, you know, uh, psychopath, uh, sort of, um, I don't know, uh, you know, was hitting on me as a teenager and full monster makeup. Uh, <laughs> I mean... <laughs> Good Lord. Like pretty specifically, yeah. there's a, a crazy move, dude. Uh, he has a and, type. Yeah, I guess he does. And uh, But my God, Sergio Leone's Once Upon a Time in America, you know, multiple truths hold. You see all facets of the human condition is what you're saying. I, I'm just saying. You see the high and the low. I mean, he's a fucking, that guy's a great, great actor. Mm-hmm. And I don't know what the fuck Brando was up to, but it was nothing too kosher himself. I mean, Maria Shire, Last Tango, I mean, oh. him and Bertolucci are fucking, the shenanigans they're getting into. You don't that, call that shenanigans. You know, oh, you call it rape. I see. Uh, uh, yeah, I mean, that poor chick fucking never recovered from that picture, did she? But I mean, it's a, you know, it's a real buttery scene, so... <laughs> And multiple truths, you know. There are multiple truths. Uh, yeah, there are like, many multiple truths. And in a way, it's like, are they time crimes or what? Because I think that uh, just uh, raping and abusing women uh, throughout history has been, uh, you know, uh, for uh, reasons that are uh, very obscure and uh, mercurial, um, conceptually and morally, were just sort of a fact of life. And uh, I don't know. I'm I'm just riffing. Like Miles Davis might. I think what comes to mind is me thinking about you going through all this without functioning parents, being really young and figuring it out. And you've come out of it on the other side. And you're a remarkably, I think, uh, intelligent person who's also non... There's a complete lack of judgment. You're not judging people. You're not... You've been through a lot. You've been. I feel like you've been through 50 lifetimes of madness. But you are very even keeled, and you you keep bringing up this concept that many things are true. That yeah. Some, that that someone can be a monster, but they can also be a brilliant artist, and, and then you you see all this three four dimensionality to it, which I think is 
pretty amazing. Because I think we live in a time where people just want to hear, is was someone good or was someone bad? Yeah, it's a bummer. And it doesn't work that way. Nope. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> but that said, I'd like to end on, I think I'm good. Very no. good. Oh, and I mean perfect. No, that's not the takeaway from this. I mean no. perfect. No, no. In every way. Uh-uh. And there's no like m- layers. Hard disagree. I want to make sure I bring this up because uh, you worked with uh, a comic who fascinates me, Jacqueline Novak. You directed and executive produced her special, Get On Your Knees. And uh, she's just not like any other stand-up I've encountered. She yeah. is incredibly literate and almost poetic. John Mulaney said, mm-hmm. uh, <laughs> uh, ladies and gentlemen, I've seen the Muhammad Ali of comedy um, about Jacqueline Novak. She is fucking brilliant. And when she got into this kind of like, um, I prefer calling uh, doggy style the hound's way. I yeah. was like. <laughs> she She's talking a lot about, well, she's talking about. She's yeah, talking about oral sucking sex. them cocks. Yeah, sucking uh, them cocks. Yeah. I'm sorry, you took the words a, right out of yeah. my mouth. <laughs> no problem. You took the cock right out yeah. of my mouth. We're all gonna die, so get those cocks out of your mouth. Yeah, or oh, don't. You know what I mean? Uh, uh, kinda. <laughs> but anyway, she has. In your mouth, you know she's I mean? talking about a lot of very graphic stuff, but it's almost like you're listening to. Uh, it's almost like it's Emily Bronte talking about <laughs> it. It's fascinating. It is. Yeah, yeah, because she's great. She's a great writer. Yep. You took very good care of her. I mean, yeah. that's. You you did a good job. Thank you. And I'm sure that means a lot coming from me. Oh, yeah, no, I actually. Sorry, I just it, had to. I had to put no, that listen, in. Uh, I'm just because you wouldn't say it. So, but I mean, there's no higher praise. No, I mean, like to hear that from you, like in this moment. Like, <laughs> Man, you're good. Are you fucking kidding me? You write all those reviews on Criterion, <laughs> Criterion Conan, telling me. That that shit is good. That's right. Criterion Conan. Criterion Conan. There's no better guy to get a compliment from. Yeah, no, uh, but genuinely, uh, hopefully uh, your people, um, are they followers? Is it a cult? Uh, It's a cult. It's a cult. Um, I have certain, as the cult leader, I have certain privileges. Yeah, so I'm I'm glad you officially (laughs) endorsed it. Uh, (laughs) And, uh, you know, remember that when you click on... um, uh, the special on Netflix, it's uh, it's really about a completion, right? That's how they sort of do with the streamers. So uh, <laughs> just let it play all the way. That's how the algorithm works. Uh, I just watch Spoken it Spoken like a true artist. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> watch it fast and often. Uh, Natasha. Yes, sir. There's no one like you. I've looked. Mm. I can't find another Natasha. You know, there just aren't any. So thank you for coming here and... Uh, sharing your brain with us. That's so cool. Thank you for um, uh, saying that I have one. I uh, I appreciate it coming from you, sir. Genuinely. God bless. God bless and good night. Yeah. <laughs> hey, let's do a voicemail. I agree. <laughs> Voicemail sounds like a good idea. And hey, if you want to send us a voicemail, just uh, call us. Give us your thoughts. 669-587-2847. That number again. 669-587-2847. We'd like to hear your thoughts and we'd like to reply. Eduardo, you are go. Hi, uh, my name is Ray. I am calling from the great state of North Kakalaki. There's a recurring character on the podcast, uh, our late great president, or not so great president, uh, Richard Nixon. 
Uh, he's probably the, one of the most common recurring characters. Uh, my question to Conan is, what is the humor in Richard Nixon for you? I would be fascinated to know. This is a very good question. You know, people always talk about when they were born, but really what's more significant is you have to add like seven years to that because that's when you really come of age. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, I do. So uh, there's this, you know, I'm born in 1963 and then there's a bunch of years there where I'm just, they're just shoving ham into me <laughs> and I'm slowly growing and my my brothers are kicking me and slapping me. And, uh, uh, you know, I'm whatever. I'm in that sort of state of chaos. And then I kind of start to wake up and slowly realize things around 1968, 69. And the character who fascinates me is this guy, Richard Nixon, who, uh, you know, uh, gets elected in uh, 68. And so he's the president. And so I was very, always interested in presidential history and the president. And I just know that he inspires a lot of comedy. And my parents, to get us to go to sleep at night, used to play us comedy records. And these records were made by a guy named David Fry, who would make these whole albums and he did a funny Richard Nixon impression and he would play out all these scenarios. And there were, I think there were four albums and my parents had them all to get us to go to sleep at night because my brothers and I were rambunctious and we had two sisters too. We were all on the same floor. My mom would just put a comedy album on in the center of the hallway and we would all listen to it as we went to sleep. So I would go to sleep listening to this guy doing these crazy Richard Nixon sketches. Coming from out in the hall? Coming from out in the hall. Well, our, our rooms were all, you know, sort of right around that central hallway. So you, so you had the doors open so you could listen. But that's so eerie thinking like Nixon is just floating around. In well, Nixon hallway. also did hang out in our oh, hallway, yeah, which was also confusing. Yeah. It, uh, but, um, but anyway, so I grew up with Nixon is, a, you know, I am not a crook. And uh, there were all these impressions and every comedian was doing Nixon material. So you got to imagine he's just this, formidable. He's not just the president of the United States, but also felt like kind of a comedy figure to me, like a Bugs Bunny cartoon. <laughs> I mean, that's in my core DNA. And then all these years later, we'll just be babbling and suddenly Nixon just comes out to make an appearance. Yeah. And I have to credit this, uh, this comedian impressionist, David Fry, and also uh, just President Nixon himself, who no one did a better Nixon impression <laughs> than President Richard Milhouse Nixon. Yeah. So yeah, I, I do think uh, that's just coming from me. That's coming. And also, I think there are probably a lot of people. I remember when I worked at The Simpsons, there were these two writers, uh, Oakley and Weinstein, very funny, talented writers. Uh, and I, would, I went into their office once and they, were, they had grown up in the D.C. area and they were a couple of years younger than me. But they had a giant, the way other people have posters of rock stars, they had posters of all the Watergate conspirators. Oh my God, <laughs> like, that's amazing. Hanging up that's on amazing. their wall. And I'd go in and go, what? And they'd go like, oh yeah, no. And it was like flow charts of who is who. And it, it was almost like, who's your favorite of the burglars? And now what about the lawyers? You know, are you, what, are you a Haldeman guy or an Ehrlichman guy? And it was just hilarious. I mean, they knew it was funny, but um, it was just such a funny thing to to joke about. So... Yes, uh, all, things burble up from deep within my psyche and uh, I don't even understand why. But now that this person has called in, Ray, um, and brought it up, I'm remembering listening to these records and thinking, this is all seeped into my brain as I'm falling asleep every night. Zona, do you have a Nixon impression? No. Would you like to? No, I'm good. Could, couldn't you try? 
No. Come on, just say, I am not a crook. I'm not a crook. (laughs) What? Oh, that's post-stroke Nixon. Let me just be here. (laughs) Let me just, okay. Okay, uh, I'll get your check for the podcast. Yeah, thank you. <laughs> Here it I is. Have, I have actually zero to add <laughs> to this conversation. Go. No, no, here you I go. I don't know what the Good fuck you guys want me to say. No, no, it's fine. I didn't grow Let up just during Nixon. I have no fucking idea. Listen, if you had grown I up- I do not okay. know how go. to add That's to your it. Check. Thank you very much. There you I go. have nothing to add. It is the fascinating. Gall. Hey, let me just be here, all right? Oh, and by the way- uh, I think it's time for a raise. Yeah. I think it's a little something extra in my paycheck. Okay, well, do you mind if uh, maybe you could just give us a little Nixon? Fuck you. <laughs> pay me. Fuck you, pay me. What? Pay I don't me. know what to do. I don't do impressions, what? but okay. I hired you for your impressions. Yeah. No, I do don't your, do impressions. Do your French guy. Don't make me do these Come now. on, French guy. Oh. <laughs> I don't know why the cigarette always comes up. I'm from Paris. I drive around the baguette in my bicycle. That's why when I saw that, I thought she does impressions. She's got that's just the tip of the iceberg. Yeah. yeah. I like your first guy was just a French guy orgasming. <laughs> <laughs> you mean a French guy? All right. What? French guy ba- biting into a baguette. Uh... All right. Uh, I think we answered that question. Yeah. Um, clearly. Yeah. Nixon, man. Keep the dream alive. <laughs> yeah. Nixon 2024. Conan O'Brien Needs a Friend, with Conan O'Brien, Sonam Obsessian, and Matt Gourley. Produced by me, Matt Gourley. Executive produced by Adam Sachs, Nick Liao, and Jeff Ross at Team Coco, and Colin Anderson and Cody Fisher at Earwolf. Theme song by The White Stripes. Incidental music by Jimmy Vivino. Take it away, Jimmy. Our supervising producer is Aaron Blair, and our associate talent producer is Jennifer Samples. Engineering and mixing by Eduardo Perez and Brendan Burns. Additional production support by Mars Melnick. Talent booking by Paula Davis, Gina Batista, and Britt Kahn. You can rate and review this show on Apple Podcasts, and you might find your review read on a future episode. Got a question for Conan? Call the Team Coco hotline at 669-587-2847 and leave a message. It, too, could be featured on a future episode. And if you haven't already, please subscribe to Conan O'Brien Needs a Friend wherever fine podcasts are downloaded.